World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's, it's time. time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning. Excited about today's show. I, I mean, I say that all the time, but I am. I'm really... Uh, excited, excited. Marcus, you got, I'm looking at you there, Marcus. You got a baby face. Marcus looks like he's about, about 10 years old there. Thanks for joining us, Marcus. Hey, t- two things. We're going to take communion. For those of you who are, <clears throat> are new with us at the Patriot Party News, we take communion every Friday. And so uh, I'm going to I'm going to stall for about a minute for you to get up and go get some type of elements if you'd like to take communion with us. Whether it be a little bit of water, a little cracker, anything you want to. You don't have to. I'm just preparing you that we always we always do that at the beginning of the show here on Friday is a just a you know Bible says as often as you do this do this and remember to me as often as you come together so every every Friday we take communion and Joe's going to lead us in communion I have my little elements here and then we have I, I gave you a couple minutes to call everybody and tell you the Marcus Schroeder the 19 year old hero who was arrested for street preaching up in Wisconsin who's come to become the rage all across the internet Marcus is live and in color with us. He got up at six o'clock, probably got up earlier than that to come and join us. Jason Storms, the National Director of Operation Save America, is going to be with us. They're going to explain to us everything that happened, and you're going to get a chance to talk to Marcus and Jason. And one of the reasons I'm excited about this show is because Jason Storms at Operation Save America is raising up young men. I'm going to say that again. They're raising up young men, not young boys, young men. And Marcus stepped across that uh, line and got arrested for something other than marijuana or pornography or anything like that. He got he got arrested for something a man would do, which is stand up and speak the truth in the face of darkness. So got your communion ready, Joe. It's your show. Let's go, brother. Uh, thank you, Coach. Uh, Spencer. We'll start with a few verses. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God for which cause we faint not but through our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
while we while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are not seen are not seen are eternal man that goes in with our faith teaching yesterday joe good 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 word yeah we tend to often walk by sight too often i think amen the same night in which he was betrayed our Lord Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body do this in remembrance of me After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Now tell us, Say a prayer real quick. Dearly Father, thank you so much for this day that you have given us. And thank you so much for the privilege of taking communion, of remembering your sacrifice and sharing this remembrance meal together, this meal that heals. And let this small meal heal our spirits heal our sense of family as a members of this online church and thank you for the technology that brings us together and be with those facing these challenges in maui lord and, and be with everyone facing unforeseen challenges in their lives help us here to do what we can when we're when we're in the we have the opportunity to help people who are facing things that they are not prepared for and be with us this weekend coming up and the weeks and the weeks to follow thank you again lord for being a god that gave his only begotten son that we who believe in him may live and not perish. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, you know, those, Joe. Those people, in Maui Joe. Wouldn't be, those people in Maui wouldn't be in such a bad shape if we hadn't given all that money to the Ukraine, would they? We could build, we could rebuild Maui, couldn't we? We could rebuild Maui if we hadn't sent all that money over to Afghanistan and left all those bombs and all those all those planes over there, we wouldn't be worrying about, uh, huh? We'd have a lot of money to give to Maui if we weren't giving all that money to those illegal immigrants coming across the border. Boom. Yeah, yeah, we'd have a lot of money. Huh. Oh, yeah, we would. Yeah, we would. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm pumped today. Just as a reminder to those who do not know who Marcus Schroeder is, if you could for me real quick there, Mr. Producer, pull up the uh, 
video of his arrest. This is, folks, this has gone global. This video has gone global. And it's funny. This is how I'm going down. This is how big this is. This is, this is Fox News, all right? This is Fox News' homepage. And this is the arrest of Marcus. Now, we showed this the other day. This is for those of you who didn't get a chance to see this arrest. It's only about a minute and a half. The voice that you will hear speaking to the police officers, the prophetic unction is Jason Storms, who's with us as well. He's the one who who videoed it, and he's also the one who is training up these young men to stand up for the cause of Christ. So go ahead and play this real quickly. Not real quickly. Go ahead and play it. It's about a minute and a half. This is the arrest of Marcus Schroeder, which will make him a trust fund baby at some point. Go ahead. Serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Hey, hey, what are you doing? What is the problem? What's wrong? What are you doing? You didn't give him any warning. You just grabbed the mic. No, this is the same one that we had in here. Yeah, that was in there. It was not out here. What is wrong with you? What are you doing? They said we can have. We can, they said we can speak out here on the sidewalk freely. You can speak, but there's no amplifier. Nobody told us that. What are you doing? That's what I'm How come there's no amplification? Hey, you guys are acting like thugs, man. You're acting like they straight up thugs. Hey, you're 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 taking away my. He has every right to be out here engaging in speech. He has every right to be out here engaging in speech. There's cars driving by with their radios playing. That's amplified sound. People are standing out here with radios. That's amplified sound. The ordinance has to do with a decibel gauge. You don't just get to pick and choose which amplification you like and which you don't. That's selective enforcement of the law. That's discrimination on the basis of speech. That's what you all just did. Content-based discrimination based on speech. Walk away because you know you just did wrong. Okay, so folks, now listen. Listen, are you looking at me? You have to prepare yourself because you never know when your moment will come. Marcus Schroeder, when you walked out of your house that that day, did you say to your parents, did you say to anybody, hey, see ya, I'm probably going to get arrested today. See ya. uh, keep my dinner warm for when I get home. I'll go get some good bail money for did, did you do that, Marcus, when you left your house? Or did you just faithfully walk out the door to go minister the gospel of the kingdom of God? And this, God permitted this moment to come to you. By the way, thanks for getting up early. Young guy, 19 years old, getting up early. And Marcus, thanks for your bravery. Come on in real quickly. Thank you for having us on. Um, no, yeah, I just went out to go do ministry. And your heart was prepared for whatever happened. Marcus, so when the cop comes up, I'm watching your face there, and he takes your microphone with you. Uh, what, what, went through, what went through your head? Did you say, did you think this can't be happening? That's what I would have said, huh? Yeah, yeah, I, I was a little surprised. Um, I, I knew, based off of some of our interactions earlier that day, that the cops would not like me using amplification on the sidewalk, but I was not expecting him to come and try to rip it out of my hand without talking to me. And uh, yeah, I was, I was a bit surprised at that. Amen. Hey, what, what I'm thinking of it, somebody remind me in the after show, I got to send Marcus a real cross hat. Got to send him a real one. So let, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me bring in uh, 
Um, Jason Storms. I've known Jay. I've known Jay. I've known Jason since he was about Marcus's age. I don't know. Maybe not Jason, but it sure it sure seems like that. And I watched Jason Storms, who is the son-in-law of Matt Terwella. You guys know Matt Terwella, the doctor in the Lesser Magistrates. And so I've watched Jason Storms be Marcus out on the street. You, you, are you with me, folks? And Jason, who is now the national director in a fine line of Op- Operation Save America from uh, Reverend Flip Benham to Rusty Thomas. And now Jason has picked up that mantle. As we have to, again, folks, if we're going to win this battle, we have to do what? Teach it to our children who will teach it to their children who will teach it to their children. A tag team handoff. And so Jason is in the midst of doing that right now. And if you, if you could, Jason, first of all, thanks for getting up with us so early this morning. And uh, just from your perspective, Explain what's going on, what you guys are trying to do at Operation Save America and the training of young guys. And then we'll get into the story a little bit more and we'll give people a chance to ask you a question. Thanks for getting up, Jason. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you this right and early here. We're an hour behind you guys. We're even earlier, but it's uh, it's good. And uh, Coach, yeah, we've known each other for a long time and I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate your faithfulness, your courage, and and you're also the heart that you have for for reaching men. As you know, this is a day in our culture where we live in a fatherless generation. We live in an emasculated culture. Um, and I don't blame the feminists for that, though feminism has done great evil. I blame men. I blame the pulpits of this country. Uh, there has been an emasculation in our pulpits long before there was a feminist movement and emasculation in our Amen churches. Amen on that, dude. Amen and so that. we need a revival of godly masculinity, as I know you believe and have been preaching. And a part of that, of course, a part of of, of reviving masculinities, reviving fatherhood, reviving men's understanding of what uh, their role and function in culture and in the church is to stand up and lead, to protect, to boldly preach and proclaim the gospel. And, uh, and that is also then discipling the next generation. And so a lot of what we've been trying to do is we instill, uh, you, you know, and invest in, in our children and in the young people in Operation Save America as well as in our church is, you know, first we homeschool, you know, we, we're big homeschool advocates. Hang on, uh, Jason, hang on a second. Mr. Yeah. Producer, pull up the Operation Save America webpage while Jason's talking. Keep going, brother. And uh, so, so the, the education system in this country, right, is, uh, you know, 80% female teachers in the school system, if not more in the elementary school levels. And it's, you know, system of mass conformity. It's a system of, of, secular indoctrination, all kinds of problems there. And so young men, by the time they finish high school, you know, 12 years of indoctrination, we find that they, they, you know, their their critical thinking skills have been greatly squelched or they've gotten in a lot of trouble. uh, And and they've been just largely in an environment where they've not had the kind of mentorship by older men that has been normal throughout thousands of years of human history, right? So what and sadly now you look at the homeschool movement and and we're big homeschool advocates, uh, but unfortunately even in homeschool situations you have dads who are out working long hours and I can relate and you come home and you're exhausted and you don't have a whole lot to give and you've been away from your boys and so many of us have bought the lie of corporate America that the way to success is to go work for a corporation somewhere and be a cog in the corporate machinery. You know, we also are big on entrepreneurialism and, and, and uh, Christians uh, starting their own businesses and teaching our young men from young ages how to uh, understand finances and economics and how to, how to get out of that, you know, uh, rat race, so to speak, being cogs in the machinery. And uh, 
you know, but 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 you know, I run a run a construction business for many years, and one of the things that I get to do in in running a construction business is it's a lot of hard work. Uh, I could get easier jobs in you know in other fields, but it has enabled me to take my boys to work with me from a young age, and uh, my kids have grown up, and even my daughters, my my two teenage daughters that are. 20 and 18 they've started a painting business when they were 16 and 15 they do residential painting and they're 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 excellent marcus has worked with me on and off the last couple of years and we've helped you know inspire him and in getting figuring out a trade and starting a business and getting in those areas uh so so you know it, it's about one of one of the one of the things that is needed is men we have to as men and particularly as fathers reinvest and rethink the way that we're raising our children from the ground up we have this horrifically low cultural expectation you know kids at 18 years old graduate high school and they have basically no functional skills very little real interaction in the adult world and they're not equipped or prepared for life i mean it takes a lot of work to keep somebody as dumb as i was at 18 years old you know i mean i was a complete bumbling buffoon. I had no useful functional skills when I graduated high school, 18 years old, you know, and I grew up, you know, my father was not a part of my life. I I was lost as lost could be. The entertainment industry raised me. And so that's what these young, these, these young men in our culture, they're being raised by the, edu- the, the education system, the entertainment industry, video games, uh, Hollywood, right? And, and dads are absent. And so we say that's a problem in the world. No, that's a problem in the church. That's what's going on in our church. I go and, and speak to homeschool groups and I talk to 16, 17 year old young men and uh, they're they're just as lacking their father's involvement many times. So, you know, we have to recognize that our young boys need us. We have to, as Paul said, toil and labor night and day is what Paul said for the kingdom. And so our boys need us. Our boys need us to invest in them. Our boys need our time input and energy and we need to raise the bar for our young boys right you look at what you know i I use this example all the time what george washington was doing when he was a teenager right Mm -hmm. Uh, you know george washington at 13 years old land surveyor for the colony of virginia right 14 years old he saved his he joins the military saves up his money buys a plantation at 16 he's an officer in the military and running a successful plantation by the age 17. you know that that was the expectation in that day for young men, 12, 13 years old, as the body changes, you hit puberty, you begin to, you're, you're able to reproduce. That's the body's biological sign designed by God. That's the age you integrate into the adult world. And 13 was sort of the age young men, young boys became men in the ancient world. And we've delayed that, this process of perpetual adolescence. But now it's like 30 years old, right? You can't mm-hmm. expect a young man to be able to, you know, uh, survive and, and take care of himself till he's 30 you know it's like get married and have kids oh my goodness i can't do that i'm only 25 years old um you know so so we've just so lowered the bar of expectation um you know and again we can point the finger out at the world and the culture and there's no doubt there's toxic poison being you know sewer lines being run into our home through the internet and through television and through the music industry but really look at dads we have to take responsibility here it's our job to protect our children and it's our job to teach our children and disciple them. And it's our job to lead our children out into the battlefield. And that's probably the most important thing that we've been able to do. And I've done with my kids and with Marcus and others that we've been able to do is say, hey, as a young man, find your place in the kingdom of God. You're not just a spectator in a, in a, in a youth group to be entertained. 
but you have a role and function and gifts and talents in the real battle. And so young guys mm-hmm. like Marcus, you know, as they've gotten involved with us, have seen, hey, I don't have to sit around and play video games to go fight evil. I don't have to go sit around and play video games to go conquer bad guys. There's a real war going on, and I can go be a part of that real war in the real world where I can actually save real lives, and that's meaningful, and it matters, and it's exciting, and I can stand with other young brothers in the faith, and uh, and, and God will do mighty things through us. And so we've given our young people this opportunity to step out onto the battlefield and to serve and to and to experience real spiritual warfare and to see the real ugly face of evil, and it brings, of course, alive the scriptures you know, the book of Acts becomes not just something you read about, but something you live and experience. You know, mm-hmm. as Marcus was getting those cuffs slapped on him and getting, you know, hauled into a cell, you know, it's like you become a, a little bit of a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. You get a little a little taste of what the Apostle Paul felt and experienced, right? And so giving our young people that opportunity where we lead them out onto the battlefield is so vitally important. And uh, anyway. So, Jay- Jason, uh, I'll get you in here, Marcus, I promise. But Jason, you live it out. You have children. How many children ranging from what ages, Jason? You yourself personally? Uh, we have number 11 on the way. And our oldest is 20. And uh, youngest is uh, outside the womb is a year and a half. You hear this, folks? And the churches are telling us today to be responsible in having children, right? The Bible says be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And we need to replenish the earth with guys like Marcus Schroeder. That's what, that's what we need to do. So let me jump over to Marcus here real quick. Yep. Hey, Marcus, how come you're not out drinking beer and smoking dope and chasing women and watching porn? <laughs> um, well, by the grace of God, uh, first and foremost, just part of the way I was blessed to be raised and then also being in the church that I've been in, uh, having the older men as the example uh, to follow. Do uh, th- folks, I want you to think about this out there. When they have a men's meeting on Saturday morning at your local church and you sit around and talk about all that stuff, it doesn't matter. Do men take their sons with them? Why wouldn't we take our sons to a men's meeting so they can see how men act? Mar- Marcus, take us through the whole scenario. So you guys were, you went out there, to, was it a drag, stream, drag queen uh, event, Marcus? Is that what you guys showed up to? Yeah, it was a drag queen story hour and then dance hour they had the story time in the morning and then two dance hours with the kids in the afternoon and uh so it was the second dance hour that i was arrested and i I brought up my speaker put it on the sidewalk outside the fence they had a fenced in area for a part of the park that they got a permit for to host the event there and so it was outside the fence on the public sidewalk and I started reading from Galatians 5, which is just a passage about what true love is. And so as I was doing that, instantly, um, many cops surround me. One comes up, just grabs the microphone from my hand, as you see in the video. And and then a few moments later, they handcuffed me, arrest me, uh, detained me for about an hour, and ended up charging me with amplification without a permit as well as resisting arrest. Marcus, when they arrested you, did you start crying and call your mommy? Uh, no. <laughs> what, what did you do? Um, well, at first I was just trying to find out why I was being arrested. So I was, I was asking the officer, you know, what I was being charged with. He, he was telling me, at first he told me I was being charged with resisting arrest, but I was trying to figure out the original reason 
the original cause of my arrest. You can't arrest someone for resisting arrest. And so I, I think he, he eventually told me for amplification without a permit, which is strange. I didn't know that's some, something you arrest someone for on the spot without any previous warning. And at the very most, at, at the absolute very most, it's a citation. But, but yeah, that, that's what I was charged with. And, and then Folks, they all- you understand what Marcus just said? At the most, it would have been like a speeding ticket. They'd have, they'd, have, they'd have come up and given him a ticket for, for broadcasting without an amplification, without a permit, right? First right. of all, you don't need a permit. But right. you, you don't arrest a guy for being too loud, right? You give him a citation. Because this was not about amplification. It was about the message, wasn't it, Marcus? And Marcus, right. let's be very, very clear. You were not out there being a God hates fags, guys screaming and hollering at the homos that they were going to go to hell, going to burn in hell. You weren't doing that, were you, Marcus? You were simply reading from the book of, did you say Galatians? Yes, Galatians 5. And up, up to this point, did any police officer, anybody come by and say, hey, uh, young man, you're going to have to you're going to, have to turn down the amplification or we're going to arrest you? Did that ever happen at any time? No. They just no. came and took you. Hey, Marcus, uh, what kind of guys do you hang out with, dude? And 19, people ask me, I got a te- saw a text there. How old are you, Marcus? 19 years old? Yes, 19. At what point did you get involved with these crazies like uh, Jason Storms and his son and, and Matt Twellen? At what point did you lock up with these crazies? Uh, about the time I was 15, 14, 15. And right street, minist- street ministry is not unusual to you guys? You, you do this st- kind of stuff regularly? Yeah. Yes, quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So, Jason, you were there. You saw the arrest. And, hey, dude, Jason Storms is a frontline warrior. This ain't his first rodeo, okay? He's seen many guys arrest, all right? This this, this guy's a cleanup hitter, if you know what I'm talking about. What what was your reaction, Jason, as you saw it happen? Uh, honestly, I was a little surprised that, that the officers, you know, we had had a lot of interaction with the police that day, and they had actually had arrested several people earlier, including two young people from our church uh, who were inside the venue, because, you know, this is a big park and they fenced the park off. And there was probably, I would say, over the course of the day, well over 200 protesters from various groups. You know, we had about 50 or 60 people in our group, probably about 50 young people from a handful of different churches that, you know, our young people all work together with other young people from other churches and they get out on the streets and do a lot of this stuff. And so, uh initially people were going inside in small groups walking around the event and just kind of observing having conversations sharing the gospel a bunch of them gathered and prayed so you know as as the day progressed it kind of got a little more heinous you know starting out in the morning they did a little reading and uh, there's video footage of that where these two drag queens dressed in lingerie are sitting down with all these little kids around at their feet and then this this drag queen dressed like a nun with far less clothes on and grotesque facial paint and occultic symbolism on their body, you know, walks through. And my son, Jonathan, you can see in the video is, is starts preaching to him and, and the cops come and run him off. And then uh, another young guy in our church, uh, Nick Prohl, he gets pushed out of the venue. He's walking around with his wife. He's a, he's a young guy, just got married and uh to actually match daughter and and he's got his little one-year-old and his wife they're walking through there passing out tracks and the cops come and push them out of there physically and later he gets apprehended again and pulled out of there and young people are getting grabbed and pulled out of the venue 
So we had had some interaction with the police, and they were definitely very agitated with us. Some of them were under conviction of sin because we were asking them, why are you not enforcing our Wisconsin statutes about sexualizing children? You know, how is it, who's made the decision to allow this? You know, and, and of course, we, we had tried to get this thing canceled preemptively and made phone calls and put out uh, information. And there were other groups locally, some some ladies, particularly on the ground in Watertown, that were helping to mobilize people and get people going. And we're tracking the movements of the city officials leading up to this event, you know, just asking themselves, who in the world authorized this? You know, Watertown is not Milwaukee. You know, you'd expect this on the east side of Milwaukee and, you know, liberal central. Uh, but, you know, Watertown is a smaller conservative community, you know, surrounded by farmland. You know, it's a, you know, who in the world authorized a drag queen event for little children? Mm, amen. And so, you and know, why the aren't the police protecting those children? Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, there was 50, at least 50 police officers, I would estimate, Marcus, when you say probably about 50 cops. I mean, they had a massive turnout of the Watertown Police Department, as well as uh, Jefferson County Sheriff's, as well as state troopers, a bunch of state troopers there. So, I mean, the amount I think we heard, what was the number? Somewhere around twenty thousand dollars or something was spent just on security by the city for this venue. Mm. And uh, it, and so security, the security was to keep Marcus away from them. That was the security, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there, yeah. So thankfully, there was an uprising, and there, thankfully, there was a lot of protest, and there was outrage in the community. And so, you know, what we've been saying is, this mayor either needs mm. to come out publicly and apologize and say we're not going to host another drag event for children in this community, and we are sorry we did this, and we have heard the voice of the people. Or she's got to be voted out of office. Amen. So that's Amen. the hope that we can put enough pressure. And I tell you, there has been thousands of phone calls and emails generated. You know, people all over the country know who the Watertown Police Department they is. They sure do. They sure and, do. Uh, you know, and, and, and sadly, if they had just come up to us, if they had just come up to Marcus and said, hey, uh, young man, you know, can, 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 we, can we talk to you here? We don't want you using the amplification, uh, you know, not out here. So. Going back to the story, we have, after guys are getting shoved out of the park in the days progressing, so they started with that little that little story reading. Then they had at noon a uh, dance party for for uh, for children, you know, all ages. But there's lots of kids, you know, right in the front row as he, as these drag queens come out and are gyrating in their lingerie, and they're encouraged. The speaker from the microphone encourages the children, three, four, and five years old. Take dollar bills and go hand them to the drag queens. And so then, wow. then, then they had an an, after, an evening show at four o'clock, a second drag dance show that was even racier than the afternoon one. So it just progressively got worse. And so we're there all day preaching and and and, and ministering. And of course, our young people are are uh, kind of confronting this. And so eventually, we all get pushed out of the park. And they say, you got to do all your stuff out there on the sidewalk. Stay out of the park. And uh, one of our young guys that had the speaker inside the park, they said, you can't have that in here. You can't use amplification in here. And so they push us all out on the sidewalk. So our understanding is, of course, that out on the sidewalk, we can speak freely. We can use amplification. We can we can continue to do you know, what we want to do. We're 100 yards from the stage where they're doing their little dance thing. So. You know, later in the day, the police, obviously, they've they've had an earful from all of us. They've been sitting there watching this perversion all day that they've been told they have to protect. Uh, So I could see some of the officers didn't like being out there. 
didn't like protecting this, but you know, they've, they've bought that lie that they've got to just follow orders and do what they're told. You know, if they got to round up Jews and throw them onto a, a caboose, you know, they'll do it. You know, Hey, they're, yeah. they support that they're Christians. Yeah. You know, we're with you, but you know, we got to follow orders. And so if they told us to, to, yeah. you know, take the black guy off the bus because the color of his skin, you know, we got to enforce the law. Yeah. Uh, let's get that so, Christian you know, out of there. Let's get those Christians out of there. Right, Jason. Yeah. That's what we're coming to, huh? Yep. Can't have yep. those Christians. Hey, let me let me jump in here. Play real quickly, Spencer. Marcus, folks, look, I'm going to open it up now so you can ask Marcus and Jason questions. But first, I want to play the video we played the other day. It says uh, the short video of Marcus. And folks, I want you to ask yourself this. In the church that you go to, where you've been taking your children faithfully for however many years, would your 19-year-old son be able to stand up publicly and articulate what you're about to hear here. Go ahead. I just wanted to ask a simple question. I know, you know, a Nazi group showed up at the event Saturday and people were talking about that. And I just wanted for all of us to really think about this. What's wrong with Nazism? Like seriously, what's wrong with Nazism? Because imagine for a moment that there is no God above us, no hell below us, no heaven to live for, as John Lennon wanted to imagine. If we are truly the result of evolved stardust and our ancestors were fish and were the descendants of monkeys, then where do we find our value as human beings? What's wrong with Nazism? Unless if you understand that the God of Scripture says that we are made in his image. And so to murder innocent people is a violation to God's commands. As a Christian, I can say that Nazis, what the Nazis did in Nazi Germany was completely horrific and that they should have been resisted. In fact, the, the number one people group that resisted the Nazis were Christians. And the, and the reason why, the reason why was because they had a worldview that says that people are made in God's image and that they have worth and value. That's why Nazism is wrong. But if we're going to reject the Christian worldview, then we can't hold on to the fruit that comes from the Christian worldview while denying the actual foundation. Intolerance is an interesting word. Tolerance, intolerance, hatred, love, bigotry, things like that. Because really every culture has something that it's intolerant towards and something that it's tolerant of. I mean, there are things like murder and rape and, and you know, stealing and, and just crimes that we are intolerant towards as a society. And so every society has something that's intolerant towards. The question is just, what is our object of intolerance and what is our object of tolerance? When I showed up Saturday, all I did was read from Scripture on the sidewalk. I read from the Bible, Galatians. And by the way, I wasn't reading Romans 1. I wasn't reading any passage that spoke against homosexuality or anything like that. I was reading a passage from the Bible about love. And I was arrested no reason, not given any warning, not told anything about my amplification needed to be turning down. I was arrested and taken into custody simply for reading the Bible on the sidewalk. You see, as we become more and more tolerant of sexual immorality in our culture, we've become more and more intolerant towards Christian morality. And the more we become intolerant towards Christian morality, the more we're going to see lawlessness in our streets. The more we become intolerant of Christian morality, the more we're going to see Nazis the more we're going to see people who don't hold to a Christian worldview, who think that everybody is a result of animals, and therefore if we are animals, then why can't we just act like animals? We were called a hate group. We were told that we don't want to understand the other side, and I just want to set the record straight. I am more than happy to have that conversation with the other side. 
I did speech and debate throughout high school, and one of the things that we were taught in debate is that you can't make an argument for your side until you're able to make the argument for the other side. I've sat down and had hours of discussions with LGBTQ activists. I completely understand the other side. I want to understand the other side. But drag queens twerking on kids in lingerie is unacceptable. And that's something Amen. that we have to notice as a culture. We can have our disagreements, but there comes a time when we have to understand that we are all going to stand before God one day. And we're going to have to give an account for what we have done with the children in our society, the innocent minds and the children who deserve to be protected. Thank you. Jeez. Marcus, where the heck did you learn to talk like that? You answer that question, Marcus, and then I'm going to open it up for people who'd love to I'm ask I'm Laura Ingram. Where did you learn to talk like that, Marcus? <laughs> uh, I did, like I mentioned in the video, I did speech and debate for four years, and that, that's probably where I picked up most of my public speaking skills. And so I was pretty competitive that my mom kind of pushed me into that when i was a freshman and and it was a christian homeschool speech and debate league so i traveled to different states and and uh, we would debate uh political issues we'd debate some hot topics things like that and then i'd also form speeches um and i was pretty passionate about things like abortion the lgbtq movement individualism so a lot of these things are kind of breaking apart our society and so i would write speeches on these and um yeah, that, that's where I picked up. So, Marcus, Marcus, you made a really, really valid point, which I'm sure you learned from speech and debate, is you can never really make the argument until you understand the other side's argument, right? Yes. And, so, folks, we don't do that. See, Christians don't understand the other side's argument. And once you understand the other side's argument, you then understand how weak their argument is. And so we have to study the enemy if we want to be effective in this verbal spiritual war that we're, we're in. I'm going to open it up. Uh, hey, listen, folks, a lot of people want to get in here. Tell us your story, not your life story, all right? Uh, Laura Ann from up in, where are you, Laura Ann? Up around Chicago, aren't you? Come yeah, on, I, live in, I live in DuPage County. You all know where that's at. Yep, right? Yes. Um, yeah, the scripture verse that I have is Proverbs 30. I think it's 31, it's either 6 and 7 or 7 and 8. And then King James Version, it says, to raise up your voice for those who are appointed to die. Men are being appointed to die. Women are being appointed to die. And kids are being appointed to die. And let alone the babies, right? But what I want to say is, thank you. Because, Marcus, you are the type of young man that I want my daughter to marry. Amen. I want to thank you because from from a single mom who did not want to be a single mom, Who's who stood her ground and stood firm in who the Lord is, and I'm not and I'm not a serial dater. I haven't dated in in 20 years, and that's because I want the right man to influence my daughter. But I want to thank you for being an example of a man who loves Jesus Christ so much that that reflection will be in their marriage and protection of their family. So thank you for standing up for the men of my generation who don't have a voice who are letting their families die. Amen. So. Amen. Well, and yeah, amen. it's just me and I'm the Italian from Chicago. Yeah. Amen. Amen. A lot of a lot of daddies and mommies would love to have you as their son-in-law, Marcus. That's what she's saying. Myra, come on in. Yes, coach. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth. Um, my dear brother, I love your testimony, and I have Leviticus eleven forty-five. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt. 
to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Jack, come on, and then Tracy, go. Let's have a lightning round here. Go. Yeah, what, what an incredible young man. Um, Amen. See, he knows, he knows, like Paul. Hey, hang on, hey Jack, Paul. Hang, Jack hang, on, hang on a second, Jack. This young man is this young man because of who trained him. So let's tip our cap to Jason and to Matt Tuella and all, all those people and his parents. This just didn't happen by looking at his, his uh, Facebook account all day long. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, absolutely right. I was actually going there, Coach. Uh, we, we need to thank people like Matt Tuella and Jason. What an amazing, what an amazing job. Um, as, as I was saying, though, Paul, he's emulating Paul because Paul knew God's law. Paul knew the Roman law and Paul knew the Jewish law. He knew both sides of the argument, and he was effective for that reason. That's what this young man just said. That's why he's effective. And so, Jason, you need to start an impeachment against that mayor because somewhere in that mayor's oath, it says to faithfully execute the law. She violated law, and she caused other people to violate law. She needs to be impeached. Amen. I will send you a boilerplate to fill in the blanks if you want to go for it. Amen. Amen. What's your thoughts on that, Jason? Amen. We, have to, we have to hold these people accountable, do we not? Yeah, there's people working on all that right now. There's a whole lot going on. The city of Watertown actually just had a closed-door meeting with the police department and the mayor and the city council that they actually shut the public out where the police were giving a report on the event, and this is, you know, two weeks after the fact here, they're still reeling from the, the, the beating they've been taking and trying to figure out how to cover their rear ends. But there, there is there is going to be accountability. And I would just second what's been said here. And I would I would want to just give a shout out to all the faithful moms and dads raising their children. And certainly Marcus has has a great mom and dad. I want to give a shout out to Russ and Camille, who for many years have faithfully Serve the Lord and raise children. They've done a wonderful job with Marcus. And so all the moms and dads out there sacrificing for your kids, trying to do right and raise up this generation of young warriors for Christ, you know, bless you and, and may the Lord strengthen you. Because the Bible says this, folks. Listen, you better hear me. Uh, I can't quote it exactly, although you can dig it up for them if you want to. But those, if we don't teach our children, if we teach our children Christian principles, the word says we make them a prey. You understand what that means? If they're the only ones that have the Christian the, the Christian values in a culture of non-Christians, they become the prey. It's a price that they pay. Tracy, come on in. Um, Jason, yes, we need to clone more men like you um, so that we can cover all the areas of this country. But to Marcus, you probably can't even grasp what an inspiration you are going to be to young men. I have a 12-year-old grandson that I've been taking with me to all the events and honking waves and everything that we do because I want to bring him up better than I brought my two sons up. And I cannot wait to show him this interview and what you are doing and just to give him inspiration that he's not alone out there. He's homeschooled, and I just want him to mirror what you are doing. So yes. kudos to you. God bless you in everything that you do, and you are going to be an inspiration. You probably have no idea how big this is going to be. 
And it's Thank already you. big. Amen. Amen. And tip the cap to all those people who have trained folks. Don't you feel terrible when you think about your child's Amen. Youth, your child's youth group? Huh? Jeezy crummy. Roger, come on, and then I leave. Back to back attorneys, Jason. Be careful. Here we go. First first of all, Dave, you know, and Jason, I'm a hundred percent supportive of what, what you what you're doing. And but I've got a question for you. Let's I'm the prosecutor. And I have that young man on the stand, and I ask him this question. Um, you had an amplifier, did you not? His answer, I'm assuming, is going to be yes. Yes. Uh, were you aware that there was a law that required you to have a permit for an amplifier? No. The answer will probably be no. Uh, do you understand that whether you know the law or not the police still have to enforce that law didn't know that my point is this i don't like how it played out you should have been cited in uh i don't even know if you should have been cited i agree with all of that but there was a law on the books okay ignorance of the law is not an excuse now we can sway the jury with mercy and, and i don't i'm saying that very well may happen but how do we handle a situation in violating or uh, you know a law that's there by one's actions and the best example I, I give out sometimes is stop signs I don't like stop signs um, I don't want to stop well we're gonna have chaos so again the foundation of my question is more power to you guys okay and I mean that and, and Dave knows who I am and knows my heart but the question is there is a law the law was broken. Where do we go from there on our conversation? Good question, Jason. Yeah, thank you, Roger. That is a good question. And I think first off, I would say that the, you know, if the police had come up and issued a warning and told Marcus and the others there, you know, it was my son, Jonathan, holding that speaker and told those guys, hey, you know, we got an ordinance in the town. You can't use that. We've told you you can't use that. Now they, they tried telling us that, but they told us like inside the park, right? So you can hear my son Jonathan saying, you know, hey, that was inside the park, not out here. Uh, of course, the assumption was out here on the public sidewalk. We're outside this fenced off area. We can, you know, First Amendment applies fully. So um, had we been issued a warning and they just said, hey, stop that, I think we probably would have had a discussion and we would have complied and that would have been the end of it. Um, but the other side of this, and this is where, you know, of course, we've got to learn learn the laws ourselves, and we have to try to do our best to be in compliance with the law. But the the courts have ruled in the, at the federal level on things like permits regarding amplification, and the Ninth Circuit in particular has issued rulings that that it, it is that amplified sound in an area where amplified sound is quote unquote reasonable that to restrict it is an undue burden on the First Amendment and your ability to speak and to be heard. And so what happens is local municipalities, and of course we see this with universities, small towns, big cities, they pass ordinances that actually are contrary to the Constitution. And if nobody knows that, those laws never get challenged. They get enforced and people submit to them without realizing these laws are actually unconstitutional. And so an ordinance like this, and I believe in the ordinance, it actually requires advanced, uh, you know, you have to, I think it's, I forget how many days in advance, Marcus, maybe you remember, 
that you have to get that permit. I think it was like a week. So, yeah, I think it was like a week in advance. We would have had to file to get a permit for amplified sound. Now, courts have struck down amplified sound restrictions that are just blanket restrictions if it's in a busy metro area. The only restriction they can place on that is what's called reasonable time, place, manner. Right. And Roger, I'm sure you know, you know all about that as, a, as an attorney. So I don't think that a case could be made that us out there in the middle of the day in a loud environment in a big, busy park with cars that were driving by with their radios blaring and people are walking down the sidewalks with their little Bluetooth speakers. And, uh, you know, that 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 what Marcus was doing out there was a violation of reasonable time, place, manner restrictions on amplified sound. So I think that could be challenging. Well, and, and Jason, it, it certainly wasn't an arrestable offense. No. And this, well, the, other thing, the other thing is to require a seven-day advance advance requirement for the permit. What that is, the courts have ruled overwhelmingly that that's an undue restriction on spontaneous speech. You can't require a permit to speak in that way that is that requires advanced notification because yeah. what happens if you find out about if you didn't know about that event you just found out about it that day or so I guess, say, folks, listen I don't, roger i don't want to get drugged into a debate this is a good no debate. no no dave no i don't i do have one quick follow-up i do not okay. want to debate Go ahead. one one thing that i i would would say is this we are under the assumption that the police have to give warnings they don't when they see a violation of the law, the issue of a warning is usually customer relations. So I just want to keep that in mind because when that young man's on the stand and he says, well, I should have had a warning. If I'm the prosecutor, I'm going to say, listen, you understand the police don't have to give a warning. They can just do what they want to do if you violate the law. So, know, no, I'm with you 100 percent. I, know I you mean are. that. So, folks, yeah, look, I love so that you're raising that. boys. Go for it. Keep it up. Uh-huh. Ungodly, un- ungodly, unconstitutional codes need to be disobeyed. That's my place, Jason. Ungodly, <laughs> unconstitutional codes need to be need to be disobeyed. Some people need to go to jail. Some people need to get into the courts. That's that's the way I confront it. This is not a uh, cool hand, Luke. I'm just doing my job, but boss. No, 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 no. Those days are long past. Eileen, another attorney. Let's bring the uh, defense attorney in. Come on in, Eileen. Well, I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree, but explain if you could just talk a couple minutes and share about the argument on the other side, because it escapes me. When you talk to these LGBTQP activists, what is their what? Is, what is their argument? Oh, what is their question. position? Let's, let's go to Marcus. Marcus, what's their what's their argument over there? Oh boy, um, they use a lot of slogans. A lot of them don't have thought through arguments. Uh, they've heard things <laughs> in, in schools, and uh, usually, a lot of the young people, especially in that crowd, you just start asking them a few simple questions. Like they'll have a slogan. Love is love. You, you just ask them, what is love? You know, like, what do you mean by that? You throw that word around. What do you mean by that word love? And, you know, simple questions like that stump them. And so um, a lot of them don't have uh, really strong arguments on their side. Um, Sloganeering, that's very well said, Marcus. They just repeat slogans. Who are yeah. you to judge? Who are you to cast stones over and over? Huh? Right? Who are, yeah. who are you to tell me who I can love? All that, right? There's no yeah. depth at all to their argument. Yep. Yep, for sure. And then uh, in, in regards to 
you know, homosexuality, we've, I think we've all heard the one, you know, it's uh, just kind of mind your own business. What do people do in their bedroom? You know, you shouldn't be worried about, like, why are you caring? You know, th- this is love. Uh, these are two consensual adults loving each other. And so, you know, we, we need to, like, who are we to restrict somebody else's right to love? Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- then they have arguments that, you know, in regards to transgender, uh, the transgender issue, that they'll say that, you know, there's a there's a spectrum of masculinity and femininity. And so, uh, you know, they'll they'll love to bring up the uh, the cases where people are born. Um, uh, term is Marcus, let me let me interrupt here, folks. This is so important. The intersex people. That's that's Jason. And they can both tell you this, folks. Look, here's why Christians are not effective on the streets, because they do not know how to answer the objections the other side's going to make. And Marcus, if you're telling me there isn't any objection that they're going to make that you don't already have the answer to. Is that right, Marcus? Um, I, I, I would hope so. Uh, what Jason has always taught us is like when we're on the street, if, you know, one of our things that we do is we'll ask them a lot of questions. We'll hear out their arguments. And, you know, since I've done this dozens of times, um, I don't hear very many new arguments very often. But uh, Jason's taught us, you know, that if there's an argument that we hear that's new, that we don't know how to respond to and something, he said, you know, be honest about it. Tell them, I don't know the answer to that argument, but then make sure that's the last time that you don't know the answer to that argument. And so as, <laughs> as we're out there on the streets, um, you know, I've been doing this since I was 14, 15, I'm now 19, almost 20. And so how, w- with these years of doing that on the streets, having all these different conversations, you start to kind of yeah. gather a wealth of responsive um, arguments and, and things like that. Folks, remember, remember this. This is what politicians do. And Jason, I'll let you get in here too. This is what politicians do. Ask a politician a, qu- a question and he'll give you the answer, but it won't be the answer to the question that was asked. All right. You understand that? So remember when you get into one of these de- debates, I always tell them this, what Marcus just said, you know, I'm not sure about that, but I'm going to check on it. But let me tell you what I do know so that you remain in charge of the argument. You don't get drugged down arguing about uh, types of threads in your coat and shellfish. And just say, you know, I'm, I don't know about that. I'll check on it. But let me tell you what I do know. And then once again, you keep them on your platform. Jason, respond to that. Yeah, I mean, that's excellent what Marcus said and what you just said. Totally agree. And of course, we got to put in the work, you know, to be a good evangelist. We got to study to show ourselves approved. And that means we got to, we, we do have to familiarize ourselves with the lies of the enemy. You know, Paul speaks of us, um, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but pulling down strongholds in every vain imagination, bringing every, bringing every thought captive. You know, there's an element of that that involves debate and argument as we have to pull down and tear down and expose bad ideas. And that means we have to understand and take the time to study what the other side is saying and hear them out, you know? And so like, like Marcus said, a part of that is part of loving my neighbor as myself is also that I'm willing to listen to them. And when you do listen to people um, and you're not just waiting for them to stop talking so you can interject your point, you know, they can see you care about them. And I think that's something I try really hard to instill in our young people. Not We don't just want them to be bold and fierce lions, which we do, strong backbones and fearless. But we also want them to have hearts of compassion and love for people. 
And what we got to understand when we go out to these events, a lot of these LGBT people are very damaged people. Mm. Many of them are victims of sexual abuse themselves from a very young age. Many of them have been in churches where church leaders were the ones who were doing or covering up the abuse. That would contaminate your perception of Christianity, of the Bible, of religion, of God, when the authorities in your life have failed you and religious authorities in your life have failed you, you know. And so a lot of these people are they're damaged and they're hurting. And before they're going to hear what we have to say about, you know, the, the sword of this, you know, that they first got to see and when they look in our eyes and we care about them. And we're not there for a show. We're not there because we hate them. They got to see we're there because we love them. And the truths that we're trying to communicate and even the disgust we have for events like this are driven by our love for God and our love for people. And we can't let ourselves get uh to overcome in our in our hatred for evil, because we do need to hate evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to still, in the midst of that, love these people as individuals and, and and do our best to set them free. They've been ensnared by the lies of the devil. We've got to we've got to liberate them. Amen. Let's get your buddy Dale Socia in here. Come on in, Dale. Then Joe Allen. Go, Dale. Well, brother, I I appreciate you kind of kicking me to the top of the curb here with everybody, brother. There's two organizations that I'm I wear as a badge of honor to be part of. Obviously. Operation Save America, and obviously past the salt ministry. You know, brother Marcus, this is what obedience looks like. This is this is exactly that. And who'd have thought that God was going to use you? And He is going to use you in such a way. And I believe what He has planned for you, you your eyes are still yet to see. I think maybe you, with the way you articulate in your speech, maybe run for the mayor after he loses this position. Uh, you know, it, it's an absolute awesome thing seeing these young people rise up and i challenge anybody whether it's with operation save america as i did too bringing my children up through that or yep. pass the salt bring your children and bring your grandchildren to the battle let them see Amen. what it is and then talk about that engage them and teach them those things that speech thing you know that jesus when jesus is saying love the lord god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself he was quoting once out of deuteronomy right and once out of leviticus chapter 19 going to verse 15 down, because then it ends down in that section that you will love your neighbor as yourself. But all the pre-scriptures there talks about, if you see your neighbor in this, that you were called to correct them, because that is what love looks like. Amen. So, love Christ. What, what, an, what, what an awesome display of truth. What an awesome display. And the last point is this. If there is a sound ordinance, ordinance is not law, then those police officers should be arresting every person in that park and any other given day that has an amplified sound. That right there shows that you were selectively arrested right. because of the speech, not the boom boxes. Boom boxes a violation of the sound ordinance. They're not arresting guys holding boom boxes. Joe Allen, quickly. Go ahead in the show, Coach. I'll get it after show. All right, buddy. All right. Uh, hey, Jason, Marcus. We're going to end the show here in about a minute, and then we have an after show. If you want to hang out with us, some of these folks would still like to talk to you. We appreciate you guys coming with us. Jason, if they want to get a hold of you, of course, they can get a hold of me, but it's operationsaveamerica.org, operationsaveamerica.org. And I'm going to tell you, folks, this is, as an older man in my late 30s, this is where I cut my teeth on the argument of good versus evil that we see out in the streets every day. We are called to earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered to the saints. 
And Jason, I salute you for the training of these young guys. Marcus, uh, if I get some 19-year-old, some mothers looking for a 19-year-old boyfriend, I'm going to refer him to you. And uh, you don't take them just because they're pretty, Marcus. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go. Some of those pretty ones, are the, they're the worst ones to have, buddy. Hey, God bless you guys. Uh, thanks for being there, folks. Uh, we'll see you Monday morning.